Welcome to your headquarters for knowledge and helpful advice on a variety of topics, all from trusted experts in their fields. It's time for River City Podcast. Today, we're talking to the Richmond Tool Bank and Executive Director Toby Vernon. Toby serves as the Executive Director at Richmond Tool Bank, where he weaves elements of his training in environmental science, urban planning, and community design into his nonprofit management practice. For nearly 15 years, Toby has helped shape Richmond communities and landscapes through an environment-centered design approach to placemaking and land management. When he's not at work evangelizing for Toolbank's mission, Toby's usually taking on an outdoor adventure, cooking something he's grown, or learning a new skill that reminds him he definitely doesn't know it all. Right now, it's a slow uptake in the piano, by the way. Hey, Toby, welcome back to River City Podcast. It is my distinct pleasure to be back, Jess. Thanks for having me. So we're going to dig just a little bit deeper today into the tool lending program at Richmond Tool Bank and talk a little bit more about ways that you can utilize what they do with the tool lending. But first, if you can just give a recap of the tool lending program to kick us off. Toolbank's mission is to provide, well, really to serve community-based organizations by providing tools, equipment, and expertise to, quote, empower their most ambitious goals. And so everything we do is centered around this tool lending program. And that's a real simple thing. We have a ton of tools, like 10,000 of them in a 10,000 square foot warehouse in Scott's Edition. So we have this big inventory of tools and people can get free memberships to borrow them. We lend the tools out. We don't sell them. We're not a Home Depot or a Lowe's. We lend them and you borrow them and then we charge a small 3% fee that is equivalent to 3% of the value of the tool. So you borrow a shovel for 45 cents a week instead of buying it for $15. That's the tool lending program. You scale that out to every single 250 or 270 different types of tools that we have. Every single tool, 3% of the retail value with a free membership. Borrow it for as long as you really need it and it's 3% a week. You can borrow 33 more times the number of tools for the cost of buying one of them. And this range, I mean, you talk about the number of tools, but it's a lot more than a shovel. I mean, you have pretty big Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, literally like 200 and I think, or 276 or something types of tools, hand tools, like your regular garden and landscape tools, but power tools, saws, drivers, cordless drills, all kinds of ladders, demolition equipment, construction equipment, 26 foot scissor lift that always is used by local artists for mural projects, things like this. The categories run the gamut. Basically anything you would need to do some cool work somewhere. The more important thing is something that we feel comfortable putting in the hands of a volunteer. So it's not a ton of specialized equipment. Okay, that makes sense. And you mentioned that all you have to do is be a member and it doesn't cost anything. What's the process? Yeah, that's right. Simple, easy access to a membership. Just go to the website, richmondtoolbank.org and um, click on borrow and read through our policies. It's super important to read through the policies, as it always is. You can be borrowing tools within 15 minutes. No membership fee. We've been in Richmond for eight years now and um, we've never charged for memberships and we've never increased our borrowing fees. It's important to note because, you know, especially as we talk a lot about the rising costs of doing business these days, I think that's probably always the case, actually, (laughs) the costs of doing business are always rising. The fees we apply have remained constant. I'm not sure it's always been this bad. I've been in business here with the tool bank for eight years. It's never been this bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's... 
just another amazing yeah. thing for the community that the yeah. cost hasn't gone up. You know, we've talked a lot in the past about tool lending and everything you guys do. I think from the perspective of just a regular guy, regular girl that's hearing this and wants to do something, but I just think there's a lot of people that don't really know where to even begin. And what you guys allow is for people that may not have the means to go out and buy all this equipment. So then somebody that's just sort of a regular person can get involved and help and get their friends together. What kind of things could they really do to help our Richmond community here? I'll back up one step and just say that a lot of the people who borrow our tools historically have been involved with an organization. That might be an actual 501c3. It might be a civic group. It might be a community organization. Fact is, they've always been sort of affiliated. And I think that is a function of how people tend to be active and involved with their community. I think it's important to note that you don't have to be a formal group of people to borrow tools from us. If you and your friends want to strike up a volunteer group and call it the Friends of Bellmead Community, you can do that. You're formalizing by putting a title on it. But the point is, you can access Toolbank tools. And I've never met anybody who lives in a neighborhood that they don't want to have some level of influence on how it looks, feels, operates, functions, especially looks and feels. What I'd love to see is more people who have an interest but aren't already involved with a civic group. Maybe the traditional sort of structures of community engagement don't work for them. Mutual aid is much more popular now than it was probably four or five years ago. People can literally can do anything. Right now, people are, are using tool bank tools to activate a lot of green spaces. We're doing it too. So building new community infrastructure, that might be community gardens. It might be planting a lot of trees. There's a big focus on mitigating the effects of climate change and adapting to climate change. And so I'd love to see people really taking the high level objectives of our citywide master plan and implementing them where they can, especially the thriving environment objectives. You know, there's a ton that we can do as individuals and tool bank tools can be a really useful and powerful tool driving that change at whatever level people want to want to work in their community. Toby tends to use a lot of really big words. Here would be me breaking something down a little bit more layman. So let's just say you and all your friends want to do something and maybe you are associated with a neighborhood with some elderly people that aren't physically able anymore to kind of keep their world organized. I mean, you could form an organization to go in and literally clean these people's yards up and plant flowers for them, rake leaves, do snow shoveling in the winter, right? I mean, there's just repair small things, maybe just kind of that's the type of thing that maybe would be more possible for people to figure out yeah. a plan. Yeah, with totally. Help. Retrofitting or critical home repairs for limited income or low resource communities is how Toolbank was even founded like 30 years ago. It was really just a group of people in Atlanta that were just doing on an ad hoc volunteer basis, you know, them just helping the folks in their neighborhood or in and around Atlanta with critical home repairs. Before a lot of the critical home programs that exist now existed, Toolbank was definitely born out of a spirit of mutual aid and like very grassroots. It was not, this isn't like the brainchild of some like corporate social responsibility officer that was like, you know what the world needs right. is a, a massively scaled up tool library. No, it was a bunch of small town do-gooders. That spirit, I think, I try like 
really tap into what these people start, how they started the tool bank. And I talk about tool bank all the time. And I always tell people who learn about tool bank or was like, I thought we had tool bank here. I don't know what it is. We have this massive inventory of tools and people are always just like inspired in their mind to come up with their like, well, shoot, I could do this in my neighborhood. And I said, yes, you absolutely can do that. Get the daggone membership, start ordering tools. And literally like each fall, I think of this thing. This is a great example. Whoever's listening, I would love for you to just like manifest this. Each fall, we have a bunch of people going out and raking up and bagging up leads. And this drives me absolutely nuts, Jess. This drives me insane because this is perfectly good organic matter that would replenish soil. It's like a carbon store for a while. Dead leaves are a super useful resource, but instead people are breaking them up, bagging them up and putting them in a landfill where they're just going to like serve. They're going to cause ecological damage instead of providing ecological right, service. In plastic bags. That's right. We also have this problem where these leaves get stuck in storm drains all the time and people will rake them into the gutter and wait for somebody to come pick them up. And I feel strongly that people can rake these leaves up Put them in a municipal compost system or a compost system or break them into a forest line. But certainly if you live in, I live in a museum district, just shovel them out of the storm drain because this causes real damage. Every fall, people just like load their leaves into the gutters and down the storm drains. So this is just one example of how somebody can take a pet peeve like I have and they don't have the tools. Well, they can get the tools. Yeah. Um, so they could form a some kind of foundation of their own and make this a mission to go and collect these leaves and they're actually doing a service for the people that don't want them in their yard and then go and bring them out to like the woods. To the woods, put them, just break them into a tree line somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's just a community organization. You don't have to be a 501c3 anyway. It's a little bit of a rant. It's easy to get me into a digression, a little bit of a... Well, I'll tell you what my dream would be if I was in a position right now to take something on in addition to everything else. Mine would be one of those projects I've seen in a couple cities of building tiny houses for Mm -hmm. the homeless, Mm -hmm. the tiny housing situation, Mm -hmm. or turning the sheds into houses. I just think that's the coolest idea in the world to just have, we did a podcast in another format that had to do with the homeless community in Richmond. And one of the things that came out was the shopping carts or the bags that these people have, that's all they have. And so the relationship between the different homeless people living at these camps is you don't touch anybody else's stuff because Mm -hmm. it is the only thing that is theirs. And it's kind of like if they had their own little tiny house, you know, how much better would that be than having this bag in this cart or whatever? So just count me down for that sometime. You know, the Baltimore Tool Bank actually do that. They worked, I don't remember who they partnered with. They did partner with a local organization in Baltimore to, to build some pilot. I mean, less tinier than tiny houses. Did it do well? Well, the thing is, you run into a lot of use of space conflicts with the city. Like, there's no zoning ordinance. There's no zoning provision for any kind of informal encampment. Throughout the country, there are examples of small homes that are sort of assigned to individuals experiencing houselessness that have worked. I don't think it's a permanent solution, but it is a stopgap. It's an intervention that helps get folks out of the elements, provide some sense of stability, can at least provide them with, you know, when they need health care and, and there are traveling health care professionals going around supporting health care right. needs for houseless people. Possibly mental health too. That's right. So the idea is get with your friends. A lot of organizations are already taking advantage of the awesome tool lending program, but for individuals, get your friends together Friday night 
have a couple drinks, brainstorm, come up with a great idea and just know you have the support of the Richmond Tool Bank for anything you need to make your project take off. That's right. That's right. And we have staff to work with every single member. Our staff personally touches, reads through every single tool order, interacts with every single member, new and no matter how long you've been a member with us, you get personal interaction. And if you don't have a super clear idea of what your project scope is or what it entails, that's what we're here for. So our mission is to provide tools, equipment, and expertise. And we have the tools and equipment. We also have the expertise. People can tap into that to help them sort of bring their vision to fruition. That's great. Because I do feel like human nature would be to maybe feel like you need to know and we're doing this, so we need this. But to know that you can kind of say we're doing this, we don't know what we need. That's right. So, you know, community forestry is a great example. You get a bunch of people out to plant trees and then they just think they want to plant trees. And it's like, there are a few other important steps. You want to mulch that tree and you don't want to use a shovel for mulch. You know, this is a great example. This is the classic example of when somebody says we're going to be mulching a bunch of trees. You say, well, I want 15 round head shovels. No, you don't. You don't want even. What do they need? What do they need? You need a mulch fork. Um, You need a mulch fork. fork. That's what you need. So little details (laughs) like that. That will make your life as a do-gooder so much easier. Oh, I think we have an idea right now. I do for our next podcast. It should just be tips with Toby all day long. Look, tips with I, Toby. I am full of tips and digressions <laughs> and soapbox rants. Toby tool tips. Yeah, yeah. Toby's tool tip Tuesday. <laughs> Let's touch a little bit on building change. What do you want to know about building change? Everything, Toby. So you want to know that building change is a program of the tool bank. That's the first and most important thing. So this is a program that we started. Building Change is an evolution of a couple of different iterations of a volunteer engagement program that we've run. And so the person who had my job before me, Trey Beard, the founding executive director of Richmond Tool Bank, started a program called Investing in Our Community. And he worked with small businesses that wanted to engage their volunteers and had volunteers come out to Tool Bank member sites and do some on-site work. And he facilitated a small project budget. And this happened once or twice a year. Trey and I started working together more closely over the years. And then he started adding a outdoor furniture construction component to the investing in our community program, still with volunteers. You know, I've been with the company now for four years. And during the pandemic, we took the investing in our community program and really evolved it because you could not engage corporate volunteers or community volunteers in the same way at all. Yeah. We focused on community placemaking for the express purpose that outdoor, <laughs> safe outdoor gathering space Crucial. was at a premium. We always know that there's been a strong disparity based on sort of racial and socioeconomic lines in the city of where there's, you know, safe, healthy, active green spaces. During the pandemic, we just started focusing on getting as many community spaces equipped with basic infrastructure like picnic tables, benches. And if they wanted to add new features like compost bins, gardens and this kind of stuff, we would build and donate the stuff for them too. And so the way this changed is instead of doing these activities once or twice a year, we were doing it every single week of the year. So it really became a, instead of a special event, a proper program. And so building change engages volunteers in a process of hand building outdoor furniture. We donate to community organizations all across the city. So uh, outdoor furniture and community placemaking materials, like I just said, picnic tables, benches, compost bins, garden sets, nesting boxes, several other things. And 
we prep all the materials, we procure all the materials, we prep them, we set up workstations for the volunteers, and then we provide some tool training, level the field. So no matter what level you're coming in at, whether you have a lot of experience or you have zero experience, we provide this sort of baseline instruction to ensure that everyone knows how to use the tools the right way for the right part of this construction project. We run it like a fun team building experience. We can identify you from the moment you walk in the room. You're the person who has a lot of experience building stuff using power tools, and you're going to be the one to hog the tools the whole time. And there are going to be two other people sitting back and we spot you. You know, we do some coaching and help people encourage them to use good communication and resource sharing and tool sharing practices. And so that everybody gets to use the tools and build the things. It's a lot of fun. So in the past three years, we've built over 3,000 items of outdoor furniture that have all been donated to community organizations across the city. You basically can't go to a Richmond City park without getting to enjoy a picnic table or a bench that was built through the tool bank. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's easy to get involved with the Building Change Program. You just literally go to our website and go to volunteer for organizations and then you can express your interest and we'll get you set up and organized. So for the people that don't want to brainstorm with a beer on Friday night and come up with their own idea, but they want to do something, building change would be a great way to get involved without having to kind of recreate the wheel they can get. That's exactly right. So I said corporate volunteers because they're frequent flyers. But honestly, every summer and spring, actually, we have a lot of youth groups. So folks from private schools, folks from churches. We go to the public schools to pop up builds. So it's not just corporate volunteers. Anybody who's interested in sort of um, team building and community service experience that is really powerful, I think. You know, there's an education and a civic engagement component. It's not in a lot of service experiences that you get. That's fabulous. So for more information, Toby, again, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find that at richmondtoolbank.org and just go to um, volunteer for organizations or you can always reach out us at the office or email me. Beautiful. Thanks for being here, Toby. Thanks for listening to River City Podcasts. If you're interested in setting up a podcast for your business, go to rivercityconsulting.com 